0: What up, what up, everybody? This is Double G for the Fight Game Podcast. Here on Thanksgiving evening, for those who are in Canada or in other parts of the world where they're not celebrating Thanksgiving right now, happy Thursday evening, early Friday morning. But John, uh, you know, I know that you and your family celebrated today. How did everything go? Was uh, was, was the turkey on point? Uh, yeah,
1: turkey was on point, the ham was on point, all the sides are great, um... It was carb load city today. (laughs) I kind of, there's like no getting around it. It was just like, unless I was going to eat just ham and turkey or just turkey. So I just indulged and now I feel like crap. I feel like my wife, (laughs) who has a nine month old baby, (laughs) I feel like I'm having one too. So I'm just, I've been really good this last like two weeks, like low carbonate and eating right, eating pretty clean. And then tonight, it's just, ugh, man, just, uh, I feel like it's just amazing when you, when you start eating like that. All of a sudden, bam,
0: how, how, how you feel, it just changes you. You know, it's amazing. Totally hear you about the carbs. I uh, myself, I, I, I've been really good this week, and today I decided, oh, you know, I'm just not gonna eat until like two thirty when we eat, and then I got finished my workout, got ready, and by like one o'clock, I was like, oh, I don't think I can do this. So I, I had to snack a little bit before, but. This is the one time that, you know, if you, if you carb load for a meal, eh, no, no, nobody, nobody's going to be on your case about it. So before we get into the show, I just want to mention a couple of things. Um, as you'll hear, there are no ads today, so we are ad-free for this week. It will not be like that for the rest of the week. Uh, obviously, we've mentioned we are now part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. They haven't fired us yet, so we're still going. Um you know, I think the goal, like, I, you know, people who have been listening to us for a little bit, they know that you know we're not heavy promotion. We don't like we're not shouting out. You know, do do X, Y, and Z. We're not. I, I mean, I'm share, I'm sharing through social media as you are too. But you know, we're not blasting this thing all over the place. And the reason is because, you know, we want the show to grow sort of organically. Um, you know, and we see ourselves as uh, the little engine that could, cut, you know, what we used to say back in the day was, you know, we were the we were like too short selling, you know, selling tapes out of the back of his trunk. Like that's kind of the vibe of the show. You know, we're not we we weren't, you know, jumping on any any anybody's coattails. We were just doing this cuz, you know, cuz we enjoyed it. And so the way that we can continue doing that, it, obviously there are some Mechanisms that that help and help get you out there. Obviously, subscribing to the RSS feed through Apple Podcast or wherever else—that's a thats obviously a way to kind of get things going. And also, you know, doing the reviews on the Apple Podcast reviews—you know, a lot of people have have been doing that lately. And it's been great and awesome. Thank you very much. And the other thing is literally just like tell tell a friend or share it with somebody who you think may be interested, who is the type of wrestling or boxing or MMA fan that you are and we've we've added more people to our group of lately on Facebook the fight game podcast group uh which if you want to join the link is in the uh in the uh the uh, posted uh the pinned post on the at fight game media twitter account so that's all we ask just you know send someone a heads up hey you may you may enjoy this check it out and if they do great and and if you are one of those people who have who've joined in that way awesome thank you for for being around um we mentioned last week that we are going to uh for 2020 our project is going to talk about some uh rick flair angles and matches and do it sort of on a monthly basis where we break it down every week uh for four weeks and uh, we got some really really good uh um when we asked for requests we got some really good matches, really good angles. So keep doing that. You know, send send us a, send us a note on Twitter uh, with the hashtag WeWantFlare in the face in the Facebook group as well. But there were some really good ones. I think I think probably in a couple of weeks, uh, maybe middle of December, we we will have a schedule. Maybe the first six months rather than the full twelve months, because then we can sort of see how things are going and and adjust if we want to. But uh, anything kind of. Twinkle your eye as far as some of the requests that we got to do some Flair stuff.
1: I mean, I would love to revisit the uh, UWF show when um, DiBiase, Ric Flair, Dick Murdoch, Angle. Uh, that'd be a fun episode. It's one of the best episodes of pro wrestling, our episodes of pro wrestling you'll ever see. So it's on the network and great quality, and you know, it'd be nice to go back and check
0: that out. And it was how, like, how far in advance did they kind of build to that match? Uh, I'm trying to remember how far it was.
1: Uh, I know Flair was coming in. It, it it wasn't too long, but they were talking about Flair coming in and and, and having in the territory. You know, UWF was a weird or Mid South was a weird territory when it came. They weren't a part of the NWA, but Watts still respected the NWA, and there were allowed. He was allowed to book the champion. So Flair would come in for some shots for for Watts. And uh, they, they end up producing one of the best angles and matches you'll see, you know, on a on a on a on a on a, on a wrestling television show.
0: Yeah, so we'll definitely have to add that one. The only worry for me about that one is how much kind of background information mm-hmm. we could find about that match and about sort of the idea. I mean, I th- a lot of that is obviously, you know, DiBiase he, in of himself because. A lot of people thought he could have been NWA champion at some point, so that could be part of uh, part of the conversation, too. But, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to definitely add that one. I think I mentioned the one that I want to start with, which is the uh, flair leaving WCW after the Fujinami stuff and leading into the Barry Wyndham stuff. Like, I think that's, cause, cause that's kind of why I wanted to create the podcast was uh, that angle and the, just the political ramifications of everything that went down, like, when I was... Gosh, what would I have been, like 15? Gosh, I was so mesmerized by that whole thing. So
1: it'll be fun to revisit. Yeah, that'll be fun. I remember I remember those matches really well. I remember that storyline pretty well. And I remember being, uh, I mean, I was pretty stoked because, you know, I was reading the magazines and and the Japanese guys were just like, they were so legendary, you know. And I was like looking forward to that series and Flair in Japan and and all that. But I, it was funny I didn't realize the title was held up because it's, well we'll talk about this later. But it was like it wasn't promoted in the United States being held up, but in Japan yep. it was held up. It's just yep. just totally crazy stuff.
0: <laughs> um, before we get into the news of the day, which uh, which is uh, actually MMA related, uh, just as as a teaser, uh, Thanksgiving in of itself as a night for wrestling. When we were younger. This time was uh, for uh, pay-per-views, mm-hmm. uh, Thanksgiving, or the, then they moved to the day before Thanksgiving. But there were Survivor Series and StarCades that were uh, really themed uh, with Thanksgiving, sort of like how football is today. If, like you think of football now, football goes way back, but you know there's three football games on during the day on Thanksgiving. You know, kind of just beyond in the background as as you're as you're hanging out with family, but. Wrestling was sort of like that. Now it's pay-per-view is much different, but I remember like 1987. I am so fired up <laughs> that there is something called the Survivor series because Hogan and Andre are gonna go head up again. And so I'm just like trying to figure out, you know, Dad, can can we get this? No, but I know someone who's got a gimmick box, and and we'll you know we'll just we'll just send her a tape, and she'll record it. And I'm like, oh, okay, that you know it's not the best case scenario, but uh, it's 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 the next best thing. And you know by the evening when the show was over, then you know we would get it. And I remember getting that tape, and it was probably like eight o'clock or nine o'clock or something. Turning it on, and going like, wait, w- what Starkade? Like what's going <laughs> mm-hmm. on here? and you know the Bay Area in San Jose we were one of like the five markets i think that stayed with the survivor series uh, stayed with starcade i'm sorry even though vince threatened all the pay-per-view uh, folks that if they didn't show survivor series and not starcade that um, he was going to pull wrestlemania 4 which is kind of hilarious in hindsight but you know when 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 vince decided that he was going to run survivor series head up against starcade Jim Crockett decided just to run the show earlier, so this is like a wrestler wrestling fan's dream. You know, if you had the 45 bucks or 50 bucks or whatever, you got to see Starcade and then immediately after, you got to see the Survivor Series. But in San Jose, they were like, "Nope, we're sticking with Starcade." And like almost everyone else were like, "Oh, you know, we're we're going to do Survivor Series because WrestleMania 3 was so huge." But that's like my my thing, and I was so mad. I remember being so mad turning on that show and going <laughs> like, what the hell? Like, this is not what I wanted. And then, like, going to bed angry and then waking up the next morning and going like, okay, well, I, I still should watch this. And then, you know, not that that show was great in any way, but it became one of my, one of my you know, the tapes that I probably, uh, probably watched, you know, 50 times or whatever growing up.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, my tape I watched all the time was Survivor Series 88. And I remember my friend Chad taped it, and I like, hey, can I borrow that? <laughs> and then never, never gave it never back. Gave it back. <laughs> I never gave it back. And so he was into he was super hyped into wrestling for like one year, like literally, like one calendar year. And so then I would just get blank VHSs, like, hey, because he had the gimmick box before I did. And I said, hey, can you just tape this and tape that? I remember his dad being like, why, we, why is this on? Oh, I'm taping it for LaRock. <laughs> and he'd be, <laughs> he'd be upset. But, you know, he was. I was over there a lot back then when I was a kid. So he'd be upset for like a few minutes. And uh, But, yes, virus 80, I watched that thing over and over again. I made my Little League team that my dad coached, the Phillies of Blossom Valley Little League team. <laughs> I, we had like some kind. Oh, I had a I had a I had a birthday function. That was because it was around. You know, I had some something going on. We had some like a stay or a stay over the team or something. And I'm like, hey, you guys want to watch some wrestling? <laughs> and so I put that tape on and we watched like I made them watch wrestling. And I think some kids are into some kids are like whatever. But uh, and I I just remember I I wore out that VHS tape because I watched it so much. And I love that I loved that show. The whole show was really good, especially the the main event with the Hogan and Savage and against DiBiase's team.
0: Yeah, no, that uh that, that was a really good show. I I know eighty seven eighty seven is a little weird to me because I wasn't able to watch that show until like three months later when it finally made VA, you know, the, the home rental, the VHS. So I was a little bit frustrated with that show just in general. So I don't even think I really have a clean watch of that eighty seven Survivor series, uh, because I was just so frustrated that I never got to watch it live. But um yeah, I mean those. I, I want to say like the first two were really good, and there were some other ones uh, mixed in there that were really good as well. And then obviously they went to the they went away from the elimination style, and then they go back to it here and there. Um, but I do remember that you know at some point the uh, the Survivor Series shows themselves, <coughs> me. you know, they kind of went away from the Thanksgiving theme, and so it felt less about Thanksgiving and just more about another WWE pay per view on the calendar and we'll actually talk a little bit about the survivor series that just happened uh last weekend you know everyone's done their recap podcast everyone's given their takes on those shows so we're, we're not going to cover them cover them but we do i do want to mention a few things from there um but actually before we get to that because there is the 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 top news if you've been following uh today conor mcgregor and donald cerrone have been uh Uh, have been chit-chatting about getting a fight together. It's finally official for January the 18th. So, uh, McGregor is back. They're fighting at 170. Donald Cerrone is as perfect as an opponent as you can find for him because he will sell the fight, and he is... you know he's he's not a killer, but he is a competitive fighter, so the fight should be good. And if McGregor can't beat Cerrone at this point, then you know he's probably not beating the guys uh, at the next level. But overall, like you know, McGregor being back for the UFC is absolutely fantastic. And uh, you know he's the biggest uh, mover and shaker on that brand. What were your thoughts about hearing uh, the news about McGregor? I thought it was cool. Um, I think we kind of expected this fight for McGregor
1: to happen. Sometime down the line, so now it's here. Um It actually gets me a little excited to watch a MMA fight. McGregor definitely is, is going to be interesting. I think it's going to definitely capture not just the hardcore fans and capture the the casual audience. So I think I'll do a great buy rate. It's been a while since he's fought, you know, last. So you know, people will be into it. But I think I I I kind of want to go with Cerrone on this right now. You know, just because ah, who knows how Conor's mindset is. He just Doing a cash grab, he's gonna take it serious. He's gonna to party too hard a night before. Uh, I don't know, you know. So I don't know. I might think I might pull. am gonna go pour Mister Cerrone on this one. Just, just early on. Just my, just my take right now. But things could change,
0: you know. Come January 18th. As I'm drinking a little bit of proper number 12, <laughs> I, I, you know, I am pretty excited because, you know, we've been talking about this for the last six months or whatever just the fact that you know i i'll talk about a pay-per-view and i'll ask you okay what what's the number you know one through ten how are you feeling you're like eh, four you (laughs) know and and it's because the the hype and and just the expectation for these shows has has been has been dulled down a little bit but i think this is this is one that that's going to get back uh you know get a lot of people back into being excited about mma so i'm pretty excited for it and you know, McGregor is, uh, he's McGregor. He's, he's the heat magnet. So I think more, uh, you know, it's really good for UFC and come January, you know, they're going to have back-to-back shows with McGregor and John Jones on them. And, you know, the funny thing is, is, uh, you know, we always talk about our Facebook group, you know, uh, Ryan Frederick, uh, is, is, uh, he's kind of a, you know he he's a, he's a really good writer and he's got insights like he he talks to people so sometimes he'll he'll post them in the group so you know i think we heard maybe two or three days ago that it was close and then he posted before uh, earlier this morning, before the news went out uh, to ESPN and all the another stuff, that it was it was a done deal. So you know you get little scoops like that when you when you uh, join the uh, Facebook group. So our our Fred is uh, is in the know on this kind of stuff. I'm gonna have him on, I think, at some point to just chat about MMA, uh, maybe even before this fight, because uh, I feel like he's a he's a bit of an underrated guy. In the MMA world, He's works. He he he's such a fan, and you know he writes a lot for F4W, constantly writing the recaps, and and he and you know he and Paul Fontaine, obviously, and he's also doing a lot of stuff for the Observer. Like Dave's not writing the UFC show recaps anymore; it's 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 Ryan's work. So, want to get him on. I think he's uh, he's underutilized out there, and you know probably should be uh, more well known. With with the, uh, the MMA folks than he is, so I, I I mean I've known him and known of him for a while now, so I'm I'm glad to see him get get some stuff, but I feel like he should get even a little bit more shine than he is. Um, okay, so like I said, we're not going to recap Takeover, we're not going to recap Survivor Series. It's now you know we're now like five days out. Though the way that I do kind of want to talk about them is uh, match of the match of the week and. You know, yesterday you you can consider the week uh, Saturday start starting Saturday through last night's wrestling TV, but if you go back to Saturday and you have Takeover, you have Survivor Series, you have NXT's weekly TV, and you have AEW. If you think back, like what was the most enjoyable match of those four nights of wrestling for you? Oh wow, man, this is a tough one,
1: honestly. Um, because I love Takeo so much I thought it was a great uh show from top to bottom and it's hard for me to pick a match out of that one because they're all so good but the match I really like was popping for and when and what when I was watching it was it took me a couple days to watch the, the Survivor series show I watched like a little bit that night because I was at I was at the, the 49ers Packers game and got home late and I can you know it's hard to do almost a four hour pay-per view after that, so I watched like an hour and a half and then I finished it the next day. Um, but I loved that five on five on five men's, you know, SmackDown, Raw, NXT elimination match. I thought that match was awesome. And they had so many, you know, everyone came out looking great. Um, I love what they did at the end with Keith Lee and Roman Reigns. Like, you know, Keith Lee made himself with that match. He hit it, you know, I thought he hit a home run. And I just, I just loved everything about that match. And I was like, it was, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch that match. And, and so that's, that
0: was my match of the weekend. I, I really enjoyed it. I like that match a lot too, but the problem with those matches were what we'd been talking about for a few weeks previously is because you have to do so many eliminations, a lot of them are going to happen quickly quickly and not logically and so you saw a little bit of that like someone would win and then they'd turn around and get rolled up or what you know there's a there was some of that but the thing that i liked about that match is you know when they got down to like the final i don't know how many guys were left i really felt like roman was like okay i, I this is my spot like i'm going to really carry this thing to the end and I thought he and Seth were really good you know I I pick on Seth a lot because I think he's you know he's uh he's Anakin Skywalker from episode two and three with how whiny and and uh and petulant he is but he and Roman were both really good at the end of that match obviously Keith Lee it was his sort of match to shine and that was awesome too but I, I really felt like Roman and Seth both were like okay we're down to like the final few like shit's on you know it's our turn to, to 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 really shine here and and i thought they really carried the end of that match I, I i thought it was good too it was more fun i think than necessarily like classic but it was it was survivor series and that's kind of what mm-hmm. we remember and, and grew up on and, and just that that style of match i will say my favorite match of the weekend uh, uh the 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 two close the two close ones were um Finn Balor and Matt Riddle from Takeover, and then Adam Cole and Pete Dunne from Survivor Series the next night. I thought those two were like, so like really competitive, one on one, athletic, like really top guy kind of matches. And uh, the, you know the 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 just Finn Balor like coming back from WWE being the smiley babyface. And coming into NXT as being the heel, you know, the prince. Gosh, he's he's the, he's got such like a a shot of adrenaline. He's just on fire right now, and and I think he's I think he's a you know, Adam Cole's a champion. Tommaso Ciampa's right there. But if they decided to put the belt back on Finn Balor, I'd be like. Cool, he's great. (laughs) He's he's like one of the best guys going right now. Yeah, he is. Uh, He is on fire right
1: now. And you know, I think this is a great career move for him. You know, he was you know kind of just doing nothing in the middle, babyface on Raw or SmackDown. And here he, you know, he was smart to hey, let me go back to NXT. Let me help these guys out, and let me revitalize my character and come back as a. And you know, I can come back on Raw and SmackDown in a year or so and be a top heel. You know, mm-hmm. Cause he's he's he is. I I loved his I loved his work in that match with Matt Riddle. That that was definitely one of my favorite matches of the weekend too. That I mean, it was it, that was a that was my close second. And I also loved Adam Cole and Pete Dunne. I thought they they really hit a home run too. Cause, you know they, but that crowd was that, that Chicago crowd was really into the NXT. So they, they but I was a little worried. You know, too at the same time, like, how are they gonna take these guys? But they went out <laughs> and they went out and just you know put on a hell of a match so yeah those are both really
0: good choices okay i made a comment on twitter about matt riddle and i'm a matt riddle fanatic i really love this guy and the comment was is that i remember what he was before he got to nxt and i see him what he is on nxt and i think there are certain things about his uh his game that have greatly improved i think as a TV wrestling performer. He's really good. He he's he's he improved big time. I think uh the just his his character, the 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 uh you know the bro stuff, like you know, that was really fun, but they've really liked they've really you know dialed into it and, and it's really sharp and it's really there, there's an identity there. But I will say the thing that they got away from, and this is you know he is a pro wrestler now is that when i saw him he was like a a really badass mma fighter who loved pro wrestling and would utilize his own amateur style of wrestling and his mma into a pro wrestling uh into into a pro wrestling match and now when i watch him today i go okay He's a pro wrestler. Like there's there there's uh there there's a ground like like he, what he leans on is obviously his amateur style wrestling, and he you know he has a couple of submissions here and there, but they're not really like MMA submissions as much as they are like pro wrestling submissions. So I use the word sanitized. I think W I think NXT has sort of sanitized his style a little bit to make it way more pro wrestling than it was, and I really loved. That Matt Riddle character, the the persona, the the in ring before NXT, and while like I just said, there are so many things that he has improved on. I really wish there was a little bit more of that, like you know, that indie style that they left in him. But it's it's somewhat still there. But it is it is it is a much more sanitized version of the guy before he got to WWE. I don't know. I I was I chimed in on this conversation on
1: Twitter and. And uh, I, I mean, I, I kind of disagree because I, I still see the same guy. I see, I see a better produced guy. I see a better. Uh, now he knows. Now that he understands, or he's being taught where to put stuff, and you know, because he was doing a lot more stuff then. But like, but not for the positive. You know, in my opinion, I think now they kind of. I think what one thing that's kind of gets forgotten. I think or doesn't get credit is like WWE really has good training. And like every time these guys in indies come in, they just get so much better because I think they're finally getting the knowledge from people, training from people who've been in the business, have done the business, who've been made mine in this business, and teach them how to work properly. And I think it's showing with Matt Riddle too. I, I I love what they're doing with him. I think he's just he's just he's the same guy but just dialed up to eleven. And I think he's 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 becoming a future star.
0: But he is. They are perfecting him at their style. Like, they, you know, not to say that that's a bad style because it is the number one style when it comes to, you know, WWE is the number one company. But I don't necessarily always agree with the way that they want everyone to wrestle. Because if you pull back a little bit and you go, okay, I want like a lot of the stuff that they do. It's like, like they teach the same thing, right? It's like, okay, here's how you get the heat. Here's how you sell. This is the shine. Here's the comeback. Like, And it's a, it's a smart way to work a match, and it's a smart way to teach folks how to do it. But it's, there's so much sameness in the matches, and you can see it more so with the really green workers because you could tell they're sort of following steps and following patterns, and you don't see it as much... On the folks who have been around, like Finn Balor, right? We just talked about Finn Balor and how great he is. He, like he's doing a lot of the same stuff, but he does it in his own way, and it and you and you don't notice the patterns. With Matt Riddle, I notice the patterns in his matches, and I'm not saying that this is WWE's fault. It may be his fault, or it's you know it's not really a fault. It's just sort of my taste on because I've seen him have great matches against will osprey that had zero wwe pattern in in sort of the rhythm of the match and so i miss that guy i like this guy i like this guy a lot but i do miss the old matt riddle who had more of an indie style and who and who didn't always work with the same pattern that wwe teaches their guys We have to understand too like matt riddle's still very young
1: In the business, his career was, what, he's like, what, less than five years? Maybe less than six years now? And you got Finn Balor, who's a longtime veteran. So he's Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. smarter, working smarter. Um, He can do the small tricks that Matt Riddle doesn't know yet. So a guy like Matt Riddle needs that extra producing than a guy like Finn Balor. And a guy like a green kid in NXT needs a lot more producing because he's green. So Mm -hmm. I think, you know, you're going to, it's, they're giving them they give them from what i see they give them and i don't i'm not in the pc i don't i don't you know obviously don't train there but from understand they give them the basic fundamentals they build them up with basic psychology because literally all the matches are for the most part the same in a lot of ways you know there's you know there's shine there's heat there's a comeback there's the finish right so like it's just different ways to tell the story each match and you know different characters so, I mean, I know people say the, the the format and all that stuff, and I do see it a lot with a lot of matches, but for me, when I see Matt Riddle at least, I just see a better or more polished version of Matt Riddle. And and he's doing great. I'm I'm looking forward. And I like how they're they're keeping him they're keeping him strong. And I love that he pinned Randy Orton in the in the Survivor Series match. I thought that was freaking awesome. What a reaction he got from that. And good on Randy Orton for doing that. And I'm sure he's glad to do it too. So it was, mm-hmm. uh, it was, uh, it was uh, like a, That's why my, That's why it's my favorite match. This, I mean, when when Matt Riddle pinned um Orton, I think I was like, "Holy shit, game on!" Like this match is fantastic, <laughs> yeah and I was. was a, it was a lot of fun. Oh, a lot man. of fun. Yeah, I, mean, I loved I loved everything about that match. There was some goofy moments. I remember like, remember that part where Owens gives like uh, Reigns a cannonball on the outside hmm like there's a point when like his reigns team is checking on him and they move away like cause here comes owens for the cannonball and so, i'm like so i
0: i i thought um you see a lot like if you really want to watch closely you you will see a lot of that like you know we just talked about how good finn balor is but in his match with Tommaso Ciampa last night you know how Tommaso champa kind of gets got it kind of um gets him sort of, like, in the pedigree move and, like, puts his arms behind his back so that he can kind of put him in that move. And, like, so he bends, he bends Finn Balor over to put him in that move, and Finn Balor just feeds his arms behind oh, yeah. his back. Like, if you really want to get nitpicky about it, it's like, why would you feed your arms? Like, he did it, like, two times, and I, I was watching it going, like, if you really want to be nitpicky about this stuff, you could, but you have to understand also, like, it's professional wrestling and it's not like MMA. So like that, that's the, you know, there, there's a little bit of a, of a balance that you, you kind of have to watch with the, you know, we talk about the suspension of disbelief or whatever. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Um, okay. So there was a, a couple of things that, that I wanted to point out before we move on, because we'll, we'll talk a little bit about the Wednesday shows, but you and I had the same, this conversation last week. And I said, I hope that they have synergy between TakeOver and Survivor Series. I, I would like to see what happens on TakeOver play over into the Survivor Series. So, Ciampa goes to the top of the cage <laughs> with Adam Cole, you know, around his back to do... I forget, I forget the, the the name of the finishing move, but jumps off the top of the cage and through the table. And, you know, the way that they ended that show was like, Adam Cole is like out of commission. And, and Ciampa obviously, you know... He, giving that move even caused him to, to to hurt himself, but he had to do it for the to win the match. And then they both come into Survivor Series the next day, and it's like barely <laughs> referenced, and like you can you uh, know, I don't, I, no, wasn't uh, wasn't Cole taped up? He had some tape on him. Yeah, but he had tape r- on wrestled, his... but wrestled the exact same match. Yeah, and Pete Dunne had
1: you know his knee was taped up too. I remember that, yeah, Champa. I don't think he had any tape, which I thought was kind of funny too. Yeah, no, I agree. But I thought they did. I thought they did a good job of like showing highlights of the night before too. I thought that was really good, and that was really cool to see.
0: And, and the reason why I was which, a little
1: disappointed, which I though, expected it, them to do, I thought for sure they're gonna have to show highlights from the night before because they've been talking about Takeover so much within their main shows, you know, as well.
0: That, see, but but the but the reason why I was a little disappointed is because what they were trying to do on Takeover. Was create this amazing moment, and they succeeded because, I you know I don't I don't like seeing that stuff because of how dangerous it is. But knowing that both guys seem to be okay, I'm like okay, it was a great spectacle. And when you create a moment like that, and then on the next show, the very next night, it's it's sort of referenced, but the WWE announcers kind of big league it a little bit. Like I was just really disappointed. I was like, man, you know, Adam Cole just like put his. You know he put everything out there in that in that war games match, and uh, and you know he he doesn't really get a ton of credit for it in this match against Pete Dunn. Like I would have loved to see the psychology in that match play into a little bit of of you know some of what he had been through the night before, and you know taped up or not. I, I don't really think that they cared too much about that. They were just trying to have the best match that they could, and so it was almost like you know eh, we'll, we'll just forget about it for the sake of of the match. And I get that too. But man, you know, to have that moment one night and the next night just go like, eh, it happened. You can watch it on the WWE Network. I was like, ah, this is what I don't like about this stuff.
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't think they big lead. I thought they did a really good job because I was looking for this, too. And either they they, they would have had to not have him on the pay-per-view, which we knew that was not going to happen. But I thought they did a good job. They showed that highlight. They made can sure sell, they showed it. He,
0: can he sell us back immediately? Like, sell his neck immediately. Like, right out of the gate. Like, this is what happened. Oh, yes. If you, like, if you don't know, he's hurting because of what happened the night before. Like, you need to watch that show because it carries into what happens on Sunday. Like, that's what I want to see versus, oh, yeah, you know, he did this last night and he's got some tape. But we're going to pretend like he's not hurt and he's just going to wrestle his normal match. Huh.
1: I don't know. I, I mean, if I watched, I remember their their, their commentators were really harping on Adam Cole's ribs and stuff. And I think Dunn was working on them. And then Dunn was also and the Cole was also working on the knee of Dunn, which I thought was cool. And then they just end up, of course, having their then they sort then they went nuts.
0: And then yeah, that they, had gr- was awesome. and they had and they had a great match. Like uh, at the end of the day, like if you think about great matches, that like, you're not really gonna remember what happened on the show before. But I I I would just like to to me because you know they were so focused on NXT on the Survivor series like I, w- I would have loved for them to, to just be so dialed into that to that show the night before um, the other the other thing I think we probably should talk about is the main event they decided that Shayna and Becky Lynch and Bailey were gonna main event the entire show on on Sunday. Shayna had uh, had been in the war games the night before. Uh, rhea ripley uh, beats uh, shayna's and her team uh, two on four in a you know i I don't know if it was as good of a match as it was just a really great coming out party for rhea ripley i really loved her in that match and you know you saw on nxt on wednesday how the crowd treated her like she's she's on her way as long as they don't screw it up uh and so you know Now it's it's the women uh, in the main event. And I really liked the idea of that, because if Becky Lynch is your top star, um, she should be main eventing some of these shows. She main evented WrestleMania with Ronda Rousey. Now, you know, now let's put her in some positions. The match in of itself, I thought was really disappointing. But I think it was a really good uh, learning lesson for Shayna, because you know, she comes over and she has her her match on 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 the big show, and it didn't actually go the way that she wanted. I'm sure, but she's such a uh, she's such a student, and I'm sure you know she had you know some text messages from Josh Barnett you know later that night. But I think this is going to make her better because it wasn't an out and out success. She won the match, NXT wins the night. Uh, she didn't pin Becky, so they have something there with Becky at some point. But the match wasn't good. And, and you know, I think people were kind of like thinking, oh, maybe this show wasn't that good because the main event wasn't good. I still thought the show was re- I still thought the show was fun. I really enjoyed Survivor Series. But that main event did leave a lot to be desired.
1: Yeah, they were in a tough position. They came off that, you know, they had the five on five on five main the men's match, which was, was crowd was going ape shit for. And then they also went apeshit for the Rey Mysterio Lesnar match. They were super hot for that match. And that match was a lot of fun. I love that match, too and and i just think they just maybe had a energy dump or something Even though you know becky even though she is their quote-unquote top star i don't think she's the quote-unquote top star or like you know like a guy like the rock or austin where people thought she was going to get to she's still a big star but she's you know, i think the crowd was just they were just like exhausted and the match itself wasn't that good um it was rough the three-way the three-way was rough Um, a lot of stuff, there was a lot of rushing, some communication, execution was off. It was just, uh, it wasn't the best match. And, 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 um, I mean, hindsight, they probably would probably want to put that five on five on five, maybe last, or even Ray and Lesnar last, but you know, it's a lesson learned for them for sure.
0: Uh, I think Bailey is like a woman Uh, lost in her own character. Like, she seems just so confused out there about what she's supposed to be doing.
1: Mm, I don't know if she was confused. I think think the match was... I don't know. They were just... Their their timing was off.
0: She's a heel, right? Yeah. But when she's in the ring, it's almost like she wants to be a babyface but has to remind herself that she's still a heel. (laughs) Like, there's some confusion when I watch her matches.
1: Yeah, um, I don't know. I'm just not into that character at all, personally. I just knew the finish was going to be the 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 one that we saw. I knew Mm Shayna was going to get her revenge on Bailey because Bailey's the one that laid her out on TV. So um, I was surprised by how strong they put over NXT. I'm happy that they did. I think uh, that was great. Um, Everyone. It's cool. It's cool they got be, you know. They they're behind the brand anyways. And it's cool and it's cool that, you know, they they use this to showcase NXT. It was it was a lot of fun and, and and let's hope the the momentum momentum continues and, you know, Raw was good. There was no NXT stuff, but I thought Raw was a fun episode this week. I didn't watch SmackDown though. Oh, that's tonight. It's tomorrow. Oh, yes. God, I'm, so, God, I'm, so, I'm so God, i off on my days right now with this holiday.
0: Um okay, so let's talk about the uh, the Wednesday night war. We don't have to go too deep again. You know, we, we we were we were basically giving show recaps to some extent the first few weeks, but now you know we're we're two months in now, so so we'll just kind of talk about the highlights and the lowlights here. But uh, I did not like AEW's like for the first hour, and then. Even though Omega and and uh, Pac or Pack and and uh, the Jericho and Sky matches were fun, they didn't really seem that important to me, and and that's kind of a hard thing because, you know, Wednesday is now my night to watch wrestling, and the reason why I like watching AEW live is because I feel like. They try to make everything important, and and you know there's a possibility for surprises, and you know there's a possibility for you know a little bit of improv, and these guys are gonna you know gonna try to bust each other up, and and so that's why I prefer watching that show live versus NXT. But everything that they did on this show just really fell flat, and 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 as good as Omega versus Pack as a match is, I was just like. Why is Kenny Omega just wrestling random matches on TV? Like he's their top star, he's just like he he should be wrestling for uh you know be wrestling in important slots, not in the middle of the show, not just you know trying to get his mojo back. Like I, I'm just so disappointed in his character. Um, and then you know the Jericho Scorpio Sky it was like yeah fun yay okay now what like I it's just there was nothing hot about that show to me, which is. Probably the first time I think I've said that about an AEW show.
1: No, it wasn't a good show either. Um, it wasn't. It was. I mean, Pac and like you said, Pac or Pack and Omega was fun, but Omega just comes out with this like low energy. He doesn't feel like a main eventer anymore. He doesn't feel special anymore. He looks looks like he's just been up all night playing games. He probably is. His gear looks. I don't know. His gear looked kind of like like Crushes from Survivor Series '93. It just looked <laughs> like, what's he wearing? And his hair's all a mess. I don't know. He just it just didn't. He doesn't feel like star anymore to me. And maybe just because of the way he's been booked, as character, it's just he doesn't feel special. He should feel special. He should feel like they have this. They have the quote unquote best wrestling in the world on their roster, and he just doesn't feel that way. And then, as far as the rest of the show, Scorpio and Jericho is. Uh, You know, what I expected, I talked about last week, Um, you know, I said they should give this guy's time. They really want to tell a great story. Now, granted, the crowd got into it towards the end. There was a really great near fall with the reverse of the back elbow into a backslide. I loved that spot. But the match was like not that over. Scorpius guy did not feel that important, which goes back to last week when it was traded like such a such a goofy segment to where if you want to make people believe in this guy you have to make this guy, you believe in this guy to make this match important. If you really want to make Sky someone they should have treated a little more importantly, they didn't and now he's just still a guy in the tag team you know, this wasn't the, the breakout match I thought he was going to have. He looked good, he looked athletic like he always does, but I was really disappointed that in that match overall. I think they could have used this opportunity to get them over. The opening segment with Jericho and his celebration was just too long.
0: Some of it not even funny. Some funny stuff. I had a couple chuckles. I'm very interested to see what that rating is going to be for that first segment yeah, because yeah. I was kind of just like, mm, this is this is. I know these guys are having fun, but this is not going anywhere, and it's too long. And but it, I, but I go back to. Um, You know when we talked about when I was uh, at the McFoley show uh, at San Jose Improv, and he talked about how uh, this is the this is your life rock segment went so long, and uh, and for whatever reason it rated so highly, and I'm just like thinking like now I don't think the Jericho segment was had as many laughs as that did but it was sort of like unorganized and you were trying to figure out what's the point of this thing Just similarly to this is your life rock and i do wonder if people stayed with it and and if they started hot because you know NXT coming off of the survivor series stuff i assume is going to start hot and and we'll see if AEW started hot as well and if they were able to keep those people because uh they were definitely trying to let Jericho from from what I, from what i took it they liked jericho's ability to to talk with scorpio sky the week before so they're like okay here's you know here's here here's your your palette go for it and and we'll do this i mean you remember the um the kevin owens thing that he did with uh the best friends segment from you know what was it like two years ago or whatever and it was very similar just like they both just kind of had like an open mic and they were kind of going back and forth it 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 felt similar to me, but it just wasn't as funny and it wasn't as well done, and it was just kind of going nowhere and going on and on and on. And, and then bringing out Jericho's dad, I don't think helped at all. Yeah, yeah, Jericho's
1: dad, it was that was fine, but it just went too long. And then the the, the closing moment when they attack Justin Roberts and SCU comes out as band members, they were hiding the whole time. Like they're, they're <laughs> like, why didn't they just jump in and attack? Them? Attack yeah. them ahead of time, like or, you know, like like were they were they waiting for someone to beat up, do something dashly, so they can finally jump in? And then when they jumped in, like no one reacted. The crowd did not react at all, and I was like, oh, I mean,
0: they didn't, they couldn't they didn't even know who they were you until the tell. end. Yeah, you couldn't tell who they
1: were, and 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 when they did take off their their hats and their in their and the crowd didn't, they're like, hey, oh, cool. yeah, cool.
0: I mean, they did they did get an SCU champ, but yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the hot thing that I think no they no it's expected. not like it's not like a, it was like a, like a real like passionate pop.
1: It was just like. Like, hey, yay, and then, um, like, did you think the show had like, I think you actually met, you wrote this too on Twitter. I saw you write the di- di- directionless, like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that first hour is really bad, okay. But that women's match, so last week we have Hikarish, you mean, you mean the
0: match where, where JR called her uh, Oriental on yeah, accident? Yeah, oh my god, I, I felt so bad for that guy,
1: yeah, that was yeah, um, but. Here last week you have Hikaru Shida beat Britt Baker, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, this girl's the next in line for Rio for getting a towel shot. And then this week she loses on the tag side mm-hmm. to to Amos Akira, who who lost recently to Rio. So you would think the proper booking of this would be for Hikaru Shida to actually beat um they actually beat her, uh, Amy yeah. secure or something like that, or at least beat her partner. they probably didn't want to beat Brie Priestley right now. They probably see that later on. But I think she could have beat Amy secure because who cares about Amy Sakura right now? Like, she has the worst gimmick in wrestling. I mean, I don't understand why <laughs> she is Freddie Mercury. I just don't get. I just don't freaking get it. It makes me laugh. And the match sucked too. That yeah, freaking referee good. is the worst. That Bryce Ginsburg just—he's just so, so showy. Like, dude, settle down. You're not a fucking star. Yep. Relax.
0: Anyways, didn't didn't Jr. make a stick, Make a comment about him because he sucks. In the match? Jr. Yeah. calls it.
1: Which I, that's why I love him. And then yeah. and then also the Cody the Cody Rhodes stuff. Like he talks about MJF, but then out comes the, the, the butcher, butcher and, and the blade, the blade. <laughs> and the bunny, and so we're supposed to understand. That because Awesome Kong and Brandy Rhodes came out, I think, what, on a pre-show or where the hell it was, and gave her, and she fainted on a, on a back fist, like the worst, <laughs> like just horrible bump on a back fist. <laughs> and they cut her hair, that now she is getting revenge and bringing her husband, who's Pepper Parks, who's the Blade. It, like, And then now Cody, what, is he going to feud with these guys now? Has this become the focus of our Cody, and, and we're going to keep NGF away? away from him but like that's the hot angle so why do that I don't know I think they're trying to get too creative and too
0: smart I think they should kind of just keep keep keep, so, keep so on point this is uh I, I'm not comparing before anyone gets mad I'm not comparing them to Vince Russo booking in any way whatsoever but I remember when when Russo was uh, was booking uh, WWF I I, I I didn't watch any of the TNA stuff that he did but there was an impetus for him to get not only the top guys over, but also like the middle card guys over and the lower the low card guys the uh, lower card guys over sometimes. and and you know the, it was fun because you know, there was a lot of sort of, the, the TV you're like, oh like what you thought was gonna happen maybe didn't happen and something else happened So I, to some extent like they're you know you're the the one wrestler that that you're the fan of who's kind of the underdog you're like oh like that guy could actually win a match. but I think that you know by doing uh, I, I'm not gonna to call it 50 50. I've seen a lot of people online call it 50 50 booking when you're having, you know, the the the, the win loss records and you're trying to maneuver these guys, you know, in in the win loss records people are saying, "Oh, you know, it's 50-50 boogie just like WWE." I get why they say that. I don't think that that's it. I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to get all of these characters who may not be known yet over to their new fan base, but The problem is, is that they're using the people who have a little bit of star power. So it's sort of like a chicken and the egg thing. You want to get new talent over and you're doing it at the expense of the folks who you think are over, but they're still not, you know, they're not over like WWE stars are over to their audience. Like Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, they're a star to that like top, like that, that. You know, out of the eight hundred and fifty thousand, you know, there's that hardcore four hundred thousand fans that are like, "Those are my guys. They're over to those guys." But there's this new ish audience who is, you know, kind of come along for the for the ride here because it's Wednesday Night TV, and some of them are WWE fans, and they're like, "Oh, who's this Kenny Omega guy?" Oh, great. He loses on TV he's not that good like it's it's that style and and i think there's pressure i don't know if you listened to the kenny omega interview with uh big dave and jim valley which was really good and and, you know shout out to to jim jim valley because i know how hard it could be to kind of get your questions in in that kind of uh, thing but there was there's a couple moments in that interview where i reached out to big dave and i was like it sounds like he's very worried about what people are saying about him and about the brand and about like, there's a defensiveness to his answers. And Dave's like, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think a lot of people understood that, but I definitely sort of heard that as well. And it's like, they're so worried about the perception that the, uh, the VPs are going to run the whole thing that they're using themselves to get these acts over and, and I don't think those acts are at a level yet where they should be utilizing the top guys. And so I think there's a weird balance. And we talked about it a little bit where these guys are new to their jobs, right? They're new to this, you know, to, to being creative and to, and to being in control. And Kenny Omega is talking about how, you know, he's producing all of these bits and then he worries about his match like at the last minute. So there's more responsibilities that these guys have and they're sort of figuring out their way. So I'm all, I'm going to give them, you know, I mentioned I'm going to give them benefit of the doubt. That's kind of the you know, the how I'm going to look at this. But I think they're overthinking a lot of this stuff and I think it's to the the uh, not 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 to the betterment of of the product. I think it's actually you know, not making the product better.
1: Yeah, well if you want to get over the butcher and the blade over to the new audience a simple vignettes Can mm-hmm. me a good four weeks or six weeks
0: but is it too close to the Dark Order
1: <laughs> I know now we got those segments which are very lame you know
0: I, I kind of like them you know why because I don't know where they're going and it's sort of mysterious. It's a recruitment and I'm like, angle,
1: right? Like yeah, yeah. So they're gonna like like they did with Marco Stunt, try to put the mask on and recruit him. I can see them getting. Honestly, I can see them t- Marco Stunt turning and going with them or something like that. I can see an angle like that where they're gonna get someone to join their their group. Uh, but yeah, the Butcher a Blade. I mean, I like those guys. Um, I think they're you know Pepper Parks has been wrestling for gosh what eighteen years or something like that. I remember him when he was, you know an Heartland Wrestling Association for Les Thatcher's mm-hmm. promotion, so that's cool. He got a he, you know, he's getting a, a big contract now. I know he did TNA, but you know what, you know, was a TNA contract back then. Um, you know, and Andy Williams, is a big guy, they finally got a big guy that looks like a man. You know, like something that looks like a like a barroom brawler or something different. So you know, that so I think that's cool. Um, I you know, they're 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 they need a lot of work, and there's some of their, some of their work. I've, I've seen many of their matches. Uh, but we'll see, you know, if guys like whoever the agents are there, you know, can you know if Arn Anderson or someone can flush out their tag team work or something like that, they they think'd be good. They have a good look. I I mean, I'm I'm interested in them. I just don't like now they're with Co- now they're now Cody's gonna wrestle them, you know, and like hey, sh- we should get get go into this MJF stuff, you know, because uh, that's the hot that's the hot ticket right now for me. This to, to watch.
0: Yeah. So about the NXT show. I thought the NXT show was really fun. I could tell there was a little bit of like, um, uh, and I don't know. I don't watch Raw, so you tell me if if it was. But you know, after these, uh, there was you know from Friday, then Saturday, then Sunday. He had really good shows, and and a lot of times what happens is when you come off of these shows, there's a little bit of fatigue to the booking and the wrestling, and the guys are you know kind of tired. I thought the NXT show was, was fun, was 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 better than the AEW show, but I did sense a little bit of like, okay, now we got to go to our next stuff, and and we just had like a great week. Um, I am watching the one hour version, so I'm missing stuff, like I missed the Leo Rush match, <laughs> uh, and I guess they also edited it out where uh, Candice LeRae and uh, and Dakota Kai did that weird spot where they almost got hurt, but. I will say the one hour NXT version on Hulu is so good. It's like it's it moves every, you know, I, I think sometimes they, they they want to make it even where they'll put the the women's match. They'll put like back to back women's matches on it because I didn't need to see Xia Lee and Vanessa Bourne as a match, though, you know, the, that was the build to the Shayna. And Rhea Ripley stuff so I, I guess I get why why they did that but man as, as a one-hour show that thing moves so I'm, I'm gonna keep doing it that way because the two-hour version is a little long for me but this one-hour version is great and I'm, I'm super excited to watch it so I'll keep watching it um, but what did you think about NXT as a whole and uh and, and where does it seem like they're going with some of this main event stuff? Like I was not sure where they were going at the end of this show with Cole and Ciampa and uh and our boy Finn Balor at the end.
1: Seems like they're building to maybe a three way. Um I like I like Balor being it's me and everyone else in XT. I really I like that, that moment when he kicked Alam Cole at the end with the Pele kick, I thought that was awesome. Uh, the match was great too. But uh, I really, I really like that, uh, that 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 sh- that surprise there, that shock, and that, that's good because you know definitely wants me to make, makes me want to tune in and see what's next. Yep. I think they're gonna do a three way first. That's 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 my feeling. I think they might hold off Champa's championship win. It won't. I don't know if it'll be in Portland. I mean. It might be it might be it at WrestleMania weekend, you know, for that for Chompa to get his, to get Goldie back as he says. Um, <laughs> but you should watch the whole show because there's some there's some good stuff. Um, the match that kind of like exceeded my expectations was Candice LeRae and Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai's a really good heel. Like,
0: oh my god. Okay, no, we, we are so good. gonna disagree on this because I did see that match. I did see the the Candice LeRae and Dakota Kai stuff. So. Okay, so I, I was specifically watching for this because I thought that takeover angle was so strong. But as you know, I've been very critical of Dakota Kai as a as a character since she's come back, and so I'm watching this really closely. I'm like, okay, I want to give her a chance because this is a new character, and she they, they're really putting, you know, they're really putting the muscle behind her. They they see something in her, and so I'm watching this match, and Candice LeRae cuts this promo at the beginning of the match, and she says. Tegan Knox was like a sister to me. She's like family. And it really hurts that you, who I thought was a friend, like stabbed us in in the back. And I was like, oh, wow, like they're going to fight. And so they start this match. And Dakota Kai, like I thought she was fine. Like I thought she was she had the right sort of mean face on and the persona. She slowed things down. But then they just had a wrestling match. I was like, I thought this was going to be something where you were mad at this woman and you're just doing your normal wrestling match. Like I thought, you know, I thought there were going to be the the lots of punches and kicks and let's go outside and you know, we're going to get chairs and stuff, but it was just it was just a wrestling match. And the wrestling match in of itself was okay. I think the cut that I saw was probably uh, pretty good because I heard from others that, you know, maybe maybe there was some stuff that I didn't get to see that might have not been good. But um I think I, I think I'm waiting I, I'm on hold with the whole Dakota Kai thing because I didn't really I thought the finish was kind of what you would have expected. Uh, I don't know why she didn't win. I think she should have pinned her. Uh but like at the end of the day I was like, uh oh, okay, like this is kind of a new thing. But it wasn't as impressive as I would have thought based on, you know, they basically took, you know, that that match and, and made the angle uh, about everything. So I was like, okay, they're really putting the muscle. And, and this is step one. So I'm okay with step one. But I wasn't like, she's going to be this badass heel. She just cha- She just put a mean face on. Like, that's kind of how I saw it. I was just, I was personally just surprised. I wasn't like, when I saw this match, I was
1: like, oh, well, we'll see how it goes. Because, you know, I have, I'm critical of Candace and Dakota too. You know, I thought someone her like her, some offense was light, but here her, her offense looked good. looked physical. I thought it, it was funny because I thought it too, it should start off a little hotter. I yeah. thought for sure that, you know, Candace should have jumped her from behind when she kind of like walked and had to look to the camera and hold the whole Tegan's knee brace up. I thought that was uh, a little too much, a little too overly produced there i would like to see just you know candace fly through and tackle her and start you know start scrapping and going at it um i i don't mind a disqualification because this is this is going to continue on um this program tegan's going to be out for a little while so i you know it's it's okay to stretch this out a little longer for maybe another match rematch sometime down the line but if she's
0: going to use the weapon Don't you think she should have pinned her off of using the weapon? Because that makes her even more dastardly. No, no, no. You can't get a disqualification
1: and still get get the heat, you know. It's just a blaster. The referee disqualified. No problem. That's what's so cool about, you know, well, even, you know, AEW all have a lot of clean finishes. So when a disqualification happens, it kind of means more than... If you did it like every week, like back in the day, you know, so, but no, I, I, no, I, I didn't mind this qualification at all. I didn't, it didn't hurt the match for me. I thought, I thought it was, uh, you know, like, like it was step one of their storyline and they're going to continue to go on for the next month or so.
0: Um, so, uh, the tag team match I thought was, was pretty fun. Unfortunately, man, uh, Bobby Fish took a tumble and, and and immediately when he did, I was like, ah, that didn't look good. And they brought Roderick Strong into the match and and then Keith Lee just like, Bounces Adam Cole into the into the stands. That was ridiculous. I thought it was fake at first when I I saw because I saw the gifs on Twitter before I saw the angle or before I saw it happen on TV. I was like, nope, that was not fake whatsoever. That's exactly how it happened. Well, the
1: best part is ridiculous. The best part of that is like they moved that audience out of the way and put their and put their plants in. Oh yeah. To do the bump. oh yeah and then later on the audience is totally different that we sitting in those seats oh yeah i, mean, I if
0: specifically look for that too if, yeah, yeah if you're
1: looking for that a lot of people don't but I, I look for stuff like that um i thought you know dude that you know it's, it's god man poor bobby fish man he's so injury prone mm-hmm. something always happens to that guy i don't know what he did he broke a mirror somewhere walked under the ladder or yeah. something and like you know he god lee pressed him and I don't know if O'Reilly thought he was going to throw him farther or or what, but he went right down on his head, side of his head, and that was and he got in the ring and and it was funny. I saw it and I was like, "Ooh!" And I saw him get in the ring, but I didn't really notice it till like I fast. I actually fast forward. I fast forward the picture and pictures now. I just it's just not worth me screening my eyes to try to see what the nope. hell is going on. It's not like I'm all. just gonna pass. If he, this is for both companies, I think they should just. Cut the shit,
0: right? And, you know what I mean. And this this is what the one hour version cuts out too. So I don't I don't even have yeah. to fast forward it because it just cuts to where it comes back. And
1: then I saw Roddy in there. I'm like, wait, what is that dude in Free Beer World or something like that? But then I, like, I go back and I say, like, oh man. And it it, it was there's a moment I and mean, let's give all these guys some some credit here. Like there was a moment early on where it was like, okay, let's what we're we gonna do here. We start this Nat, you know. Kyle had a you know he kind of verbally. Had to communicate a little bit to for Roddy to where he's supposed to be at and all that kind of stuff, but like I still thought they pulled out a really good match. I thought there would be a title change here, you know, and especially after coming off Lee's performance. But I didn't like the finish of it, though. I thought mm-hmm. it was a good match. I mean, I I think the execution, the finish was. was was, wasn't done was poorly done honestly it like you had the 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 pounce and and cole goes into the audience but then Dijak's just sitting there like oh damn you know oh my god like wow but then he gets the total elimination like it should have been like where he's like just up against a rope and then Roddy comes with a big boot, bam, back of the head, and he just stumbles back into the elimination. I thought like he was mm-hmm. kind of like sitting there, like like he kind of looked like a, a dipshit, you know. And uh, yeah, and, exactly. And that's what I, I didn't like. That's I didn't like about that. Um, I wish you would have saw the uh, the Leo Rush and Akira Tozawa match. Like it was really good. It was just super. I think like the idea with the cruiserweights is they they want like just. Just high pace. I mean, it was still mm-hmm. good. They still sold stuff. They still, but they did a lot of craziness. Like they did this German suplex spot, and they like on the apron. But then they totally missed the apron. Just like hey, you know what he clipped his back on the apron. Was oh nasty. god! But there was a moment when, um, uh, you know how Cody Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes does that? Like they go to the flat to their back and they throw a punch. mm Hmm. Well, <laughs> Leo does that with a kick. Oh, and, and he does that and just pops him akira right in the mouth his mouth peak goes flying out and he goes and he, he's totally loopy at that point leo rush goes to hit the um that that bounce bottom rope bounce spring cutter and the spot was placed he was to hit, hit the bounce spring cutter but then get caught in the german suplex right yeah by Tazawa. but what happened was Tazawa was so loopy he couldn't be there and and leo rush kind of took a tumble and oh. it looked kinda it looked kinda looked kinda silly but also logical if he's like, you know, 'cause in a way, like, if no one's there to get you, you're gonna crash, right? You're gonna fall. Yeah,
0: Yeah.
1: But they did go back to it. He was okay he was okay to shake it off and and he ended up going back to it. But uh they had a they had a hell of a match. I mean, I think uh, you know, Leo Rush in the main roster, he's <laughs> knowing people probably. I know. I think he I might know. still know people in NXT. but I think um I think uh I think Triple H really knows that guy. I think Triple H really sees something in that guy, and I think this is like the best spot for him as the as the, as the cruiserweight champion and having these matches on on TV because they 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 he has he has something about him right he has something special about him, and I think this they can just build this cruiser division around him. I think it's a good thing. The only thing I had an issue with is Kiro Tozawa being in this match because I just, literally just saw him. I think not this week but last week. Lose to Buddy Murphy on TV on Raw, right? So I know Buddy Murphy's a heavyweight, and you know, but it just I was like, damn, I wish he was never in that match on Raw a couple weeks ago, so he can, you know, I don't know. I had a little issue with that, but other than that, I thought that match was really good.
0: Um, yeah, I think that wraps it up for uh, for the Wednesday night stuff. I mean, the one thing I'm going to say is. You know, another thing that people have had their their two cents about is the the thing that happened to Moro Ronaldo and Corey Graves at uh, at NXT. Uh, Mauro not showing up at Survivor Series, and you know, going through his 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 situation. Uh, and you know, there's nothing really for us to say that hasn't been said yet. I think. Uh, I think what I would say is, you know, just make sure you read uh, Meltzer's Observer because he's going to have the whole story. I know, I know a couple of things that that probably uh, are, are are not yet really really said yet, but I, I think Dave will have the full story and he'll have good coverage of it. And the only thing I want to say is, you know, hope Morrow is back, and I hope he he kind of uh, you know he, he gets over what, his 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 situation right now because. I don't think NXT – actually, I had a conversation with somebody, and we were wondering if NXT was going to be hurt with Morrow being out. And I said, you know, I think it would be. Watching that show, I didn't feel like it was hurt with him out. But there are certain things that he would have emphasized a, a lot more that I think would have made it more exciting. But I, I, overall, I didn't think like, oh, gosh, I miss Morrow. This show sucks because Morrow's not there. I think the show was good. The announcing was good, except for uh, except for Beth um, – and, you know, I always pick on Beth, but she did one thing that irritated me, <laughs> which was when uh, when when Keith Lee pounced uh, Adam Cole into the, uh, you know, over the few rows or whatever, she goes, uh, oh, he went head over heels. And I was like, we just saw what happened. He did not go head <laughs> over heels like you don't you, like you're describing it to people who are watching the show. You don't have to lie to us. Um, but, um, but, yeah, I thought the announcing was fine. And, and but I, I, I will be happy when when Marrows is back. Uh, so hopefully that that he is back.
1: Yeah, I thought I th- you know it was funny. I thought I didn't really even. I mean, I knew Marle being gone, but I thought Todd Phillips did a pretty good job.
0: Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was fine. He's.
1: I, th- I think Todd Phillips is pretty underrated. I think he does. He's been doing a really good job in the on the NXT UK show now that Victor uh, was it Victor Joseph down on Raw right. Mm-hmm. So he's good. Um, but Morrow has a. You know he has a unique flair about him, and then some people some people love him, some people don't. But like he does have a unique flair that you know. Todd's just a straight, you know, yeah, you know, Vince guy, I guess I want to say, or maybe or something like that. And he's good, but like you know, Mar just has a little extra flair to him, which I like, and and I like when he gets a little crazy. He does a little yell a little bit too much for me sometimes, but like like but I like I like
0: his flair. I like his flair a lot. <laughs> I don't mind the yelling. I laugh at the overselling of the pop culture mm-hmm, references mm-hmm. And, and and not not because I don't think that they're relevant because if you are a pop culture fan all the stuff that he says sort of works within the within the framework but I can't imagine these wrestling fans understand the references as much as as uh, he says them because I'm just like okay I know who that person is, but it's not like that person is famous in, in any way except to their own audience. And so I think it's a, he, sometimes he, he tries a little bit too hard, but that's just his, you know, that's just his DNA of, of what he, he likes too. So, um, okay. So, you know, it kind of, it's kind of like, uh, people would always go, you know, why does JR got to bring up everybody's amateur and football background and their height and weight? Like that was JR's thing, right? Like this is like Morrow's thing too. Um, okay, so um, we are not going to do the uh, Survivor Series 93 and Raw recap. We're actually going to record a second show tomorrow night, and that will allow us to report on or talk about any news that comes out tomorrow as well. But we're because we didn't want to do another two-and-a-half-hour show, we split it up. So Survivor Series 93 with the foreign fanatics against the All-Americans – and uh, the Raw the next Monday. Uh, we'll talk about that tomorrow. So just, uh, you know, you'll have an extra extra podcast for the weekend for you to, uh, to, to dig into. So before we actually get out of here, there's one other thing that I wanted to mention, which is uh, Deontay Wilder, Danny Acosta, who we had on the show last weekend. He and I talked about that fight and a couple of other things. But uh, we both went to the fight. It was Deontay Wilder against Luis Ortiz. And it was actually a pretty boring kind of plotting fight for, you know, until the seventh round when Wilder unleashed a right hand and, uh, you know, made Ortiz kind of his eyes go up into his, his forehead. Uh, it was kind of like a, you know, thing that we're all kind of talking about on Twitter and on Facebook, just going like, Okay, when is this right hand coming? Because if it waits any longer, you know, we're kind of not going to get our Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury fight. But it came, and Wilder finished him off uh, and, and, you know, knocked him out just like people had hoped. And we do have that fight. It is signed. Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder in February. Tyson Fury is a Frank Warren fighter, also co-promoted by Bob Arum in the U.S., uh, on ESPN, that so so they have they have that side and Deontay Wilder, Al Heyman fighter. Uh, Fox is their network. There are going to be some things that they have to figure out when it comes to the pay per view, when it comes to the hype specials, when it comes to uh, you know who's distributing and all that stuff. And and I hope this doesn't like push this fight uh, out a little bit. I hope that by saying this fight's going to happen in February. That they have sort of the framework for all of those things because this is kind of the stuff. This is the reason why we wait six years for Mayweather-Pacquiao <laughs> and uh, Tyson-Lennox Lewis because they're all on different TV networks and, and under different promoters. So that is actually really big news for the boxing world, and um, I'm I'm uh, I'm pretty fired up for that. You know, I'm, I'm sure Danny and I will will definitely try to go to see that in the theaters uh, as well. But from the um, from the casual fans' perspective, uh, what do you think about Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury? You already knew what happened in the in their first fight, but does this one, you know, kind of make you interested? Or are you just kind of like, eh, like this is just like sort of the UFC product where I'm just kind of, it's kind of lukewarm? No, I'm more interested in boxing
1: <laughs> right now than UFC, so I'm excited for this fight. I'm I'm just you know I can't I'm bummed I'm missing the next fight, you know, but I have more important things going on this month and. Uh, Absolutely, you know than the boxing match, but like, uh, you know, even this past, even this last night, I wanted, I really wanted to watch it too. So I'm like all in on boxing right now. I really want to watch everything. They just sound like these, they have better hype for these these boxing matches than these MMA fights lately. So um, I'm hoping that' going to be there in February if it happens in February um, as it's scheduled. I'm hoping I can be there to see it, and uh, it looks like a great fight because they had a barn burner last time, and, and you know, Tyson Fury is a great. You know, charismatic guy and fun to watch, and and wilder.
0: WWE ties. You know,
1: Wilder is, is is a beast, so yeah, it's it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be big, and from what I've been seeing, at least people who used to always come to me talk MMA. They've been mostly been coming and talking about boxing now, so that's interesting to me. So we'll see. I think this time, I think the people, the casual fans, are gonna tune in a little. A few more casual fans will tune in to uh, to check out this fight, this rematch.
0: Bob Arum thinks they're going to do a million buys. Mm. I think they're going to have to dial up the hype uh, to do that, but they could because, you know, this is, uh, especially after that knockout, you just have to show that replay over and over and over again of Wilder uh, hitting Ortiz and Ortiz just looking like his eyes are in the back of his head. Um, And so... Yeah, like I think I think it's uh, I think it's something that they could sell. We'll see we'll see about the pay per view buy rate, but the the other machinations is is what I'm interested in. I can't wait to read everything about it. So um, so yeah, so that's it for tonight. Uh, And like I said, we'll be back tomorrow, so you'll get a double dose of this show of the Fight Game Podcast. And uh, we'll we'll get more into the nitty gritty of, of our '93 raw stuff, and then whatever else happens tomorrow, I'm sure something will pop up. <laughs> uh, I, I don't plan on watching SmackDown, but if John does, and, and there's stuff to talk about, we will talk about it then as well. But uh, otherwise, I think that's it from here. So um, for John, I'm Double G. We will see you when we see you. Peace out.